Every last Sunday night of the month, we like to uh, take a short break from all of the singing, give our vocalizers a, a break, at least momentarily, and reflect just a little bit on the words of some of the songs that we are singing. We call this our monthly hymn study, where we usually will take a song uh, and just kind of break it down, kind of pick it apart, kind of examine it and look at them closely to see how these songs, many of which are just written by ordinary people like you and I, but to see how those songs then reflect the truths of the inspired Word of God. However, this evening, instead of looking at a particular hymn, I'd like to do something just a little bit different. I'd like to look tonight at just a word that is found in lots and lots of our hymns. And we want to do that. I guess it's good to remind ourselves why we are doing this. We're doing this because of what 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15 says. That I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Brother Harold even made mention of that in his prayer. We want to understand the words that we are saying, the things that we are saying to God and the words that we're also saying to each other. The last thing that we want to do is be found guilty of singing something to God. We didn't even have a clue of what we were saying. And I think that sometimes that is the case with this particular word this evening. It is the word hallelujah. The word hallelujah is a thoroughly religious Term. If you were to ask just about anybody, you know, what they think of when they think of the word hallelujah, they probably would tell you, you know, church, God, uh, the Bible, you know, religious kinds of things. And it is a word, of course, that is found all throughout our hymnals. I hope you've noticed that we've sang that word several times, even just tonight. That word is found in some of the songs where the word is just found in the title. Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, we shall rise. It is a word that is found oftentimes kind of woven and just stitched within the the chorus and the verses of various songs that we sing. Hallelujah, Christ arose. Uh, We sing the song, I'll fly away. And in the chorus of that song, it says, when I die, hallelujah, by and by. In just a few moments, we're going to sing number 37, revive us again. The chorus of that song, hallelujah, thine the glory. Brother Derek led us a few moments ago, and when all of God's singers get home, did you notice in that third verse? Having overcome sin, hallelujah, amen. It is a word that's just found all throughout our songbook. And that would include as well even the song that we just sung, the term that was used in that song, alleluia. That's actually just kind of the same word. It's kind of the more anglicized version of the same word derived from the Latin, which is derived from the Greek, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, even though the word hallelujah is a universally viewed religious word, you should know that that word is not always used with great care and with great reverence. For example, people regularly use the word hallelujah just kind of as a, as a shout of surprise or a shout of excitement. Guy maybe is working on his car and he turns the ignition, he keeps turning, the car won't turn over, and then finally, the car starts, and oh, hallelujah, it finally started. And in that sense, the word hallelujah just simply amounts to, I'm really happy, I'm really excited. But I want you to know tonight that the word hallelujah, it carries with it a great amount of weight and force. It is not a word that we want to be treating lightly or trivially. 
It is a transliteration of two Hebrew terms. And when we talk about a word being a transliteration, it simply just means instead of kind of making our own English word, we've kind of just taken the Hebrew words and kind of just mashed them together and just made a word just straight out of that. It is a translation of these two Hebrew words, the first of which is the word Hallel, which simply means to praise. And then that second word, Yah, which is the short form of the name of God, Yahweh. I want you to let that sink in for just a second, the fact that God's name is part of the second half of that word. The next time that you are tempted to use the word Hallelujah, In a very frivolous sort of manner, your car turns on, oh, hallelujah, it started. Think long and hard before you say that. Don't be using God's name in a flippant sort of way. His name is in that word. Don't want to be guilty of taking the name of God in vain. But when you take those two Hebrew words and you put them together, what you are saying, in essence, is you are saying, praise God. I would have you know, though, that that word Hallel, boy, this is going to get real technical here. The word Hallel is in the second person imperative. I think that's the proper grammatical terminology, which in more simpler terms just simply means that whenever we are singing and saying the word Hallelujah, what we are doing is we are exhorting others to join us in praising God. It's not just that I'm saying praise God is I'm encouraging as well others to praise God with me. I think we see evidence of that in the book of Revelation, in the heavenly host, as they're saying the the fourfold hallelujah chorus in Revelation 19. They're in verse 1 and 3 and 4 and 6. They're saying, hallelujah, praise God, all you who are servants of the Most High. That you, you, and you back there, and you over here, and you down there, anybody who can hear the sound of my voice, join with me. In praising our great God. And I'll tell you what I believe gives this word hallelujah its real power and its real punch. And it is the fact that that word Yah, it's not some generic term. Sometimes we use generic terms to describe God, like just like the word God. It's really a generic term. Or the term Lord. Not saying there's anything wrong with using those terms, but those are rather generic. A person could take the word God and apply that to all kinds of things. Or even the word Lord and apply that to all kinds of things. But when we use the word Yah, the name Yah, that is the personal and that is the distinct name that God gave Himself. It is the I Am of Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. Do you remember as God spoke to Moses from that burning bush? And Moses said, Lord, you know, who am I supposed to say sent me to the Israelites? And the Lord responds by saying, tell them that I am sent you. You tell them that Yah sent you. Yahweh sent you. That name speaks of His absolute, transcendent, self-sufficient being that is at the very center of His core and His identity. Yahweh. The I am, the always one. Which means then that whenever we sing hallelujah, praise Yah, it is as if we are standing in the midst of our idol-filled culture and our culture that for so long has been filled with so many false gods throughout history, all the false gods that this world has ever known. It's as if we're standing in the middle of all of that and you know what we're saying? We're saying, not to you, Molech. 
Not to you, Baal. Not to you, Dagon. Not to you, Artemis. Not to you, Zeus. But to Yah. And to Yah alone I give my praise. And I am encouraging you. I am calling upon you to join with me in praising Yahweh. And so, the next time that you say or sing that word, Hallelujah, maybe you'll have a little bit better, a little bit stronger understanding of what exactly it is that you are saying. And hopefully as a result of that, recognizing that we are saying the name of God, hopefully you will be able to be able and be encouraged to sing that word with conviction and with joy for all of the praiseworthy attributes that the one true God of heaven possesses. Praise Yah.